Welcome to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Everything is pink, Carrie. Pink, 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 pink. That's because we're just living in a Barbie world. <laughs> I feel like there's a song there, except I'm not sure that's exactly the words, but you know, there, the, the line, there is a line that is in a Barbie world. I don't remember what song it's from, but that's what popped into my head. Is so it the, the, is it the Madonna material world? I don't know, but that's <laughs> the title of this episode. <laughs> it's in a Barbie world. <laughs> we are um, going to talk a little bit or maybe a lot today about pink dolls in your classroom. Uh, we get a lot of people, especially not as much in the last few years, but definitely prior to COVID, we got a lot of questions about boy dolls, girl dolls, pink, blue. And right now, everybody has got kind of this whole Barbie thing going. And I have to admit, I actually went opening day, three o'clock in the afternoon, first showing in my pink. Um, I haven't been yet. I'll be going tomorrow. (laughs) And I loved it. And so, but this episode really is not going to touch so much about the Barbie movie, um, but bring up and discuss more. What are the roles that pink and blue or gender-specific toys, or even dolls, play in your program and in your early childhood classroom. So, Carrie, well, I know I that this wanna, is. The- I also want to talk about the difference in between baby dolls and action play dolls, because Barbies right. are action play dolls, and baby dolls are life skill dolls. So they have different roles. You know what? So let's start right there. So let's start with the two different dolls. And for those of you who don't know, when Barbie was actually created, it was a way to create a 3D image of paper dolls. So, and so it was designed for the older child. Uh, And so, and of course, we all know that adults have a a collector component. Um, But it was originally, yeah, it was what, late elementary school? um, So that kids could work on fashion dolls and try out different fashions much more inexpensively than going to the store. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But Carrie, I know that that the role of baby dolls has been something that has definitely been, um, I don't want to necessarily say one of your soapboxes, but definitely something you have you're passionate about. Yes. And so with that, let's start with baby dolls or and I loved your definition there the life skill doll. So let's talk a little bit about how do programs need to approach it? What do they need to, do they need to say something to parents? Talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. So baby dolls need to be, well, from a developmentally appropriate perspective and what children learn from baby dolls, they need to be as realistic looking as possible. And I know this is something that gets some people all wound up because do we want to have anatomically correct dolls or not anatomically correct dolls? That's not what we're talking about right here. Um, I can go off on that soapbox, but we're not going to do that one today. (laughs) The faces and the hands and um, need to be as realistic as possible because with the youngest ages, they can become more amorphous as we get older, but in an infant room, in a, 
young toddler room in a actually any toddler room they really need to be very very realistic because the children are learning to separate themselves from the environment and learning to be gentle with the baby doll transfers to them being able to be gentle with the other children in their environment and it also teaches some empathy some caretaking things like that how to get clothes off. You know, every baby doll is naked um, within about 10 minutes of the kids getting into your classroom, even if you dress them every morning or at the clothes every day. Um, and it's because they're practicing skills, how to undo buttons, how to undo Velcro, how to take arms out, how to take legs out. So it's a skill building activity. They're learning real life skills. And if you leave your babies naked all the time, you're missing out on a good portion of what the children can be learning from having those materials in your classroom. Okay. So just before we get too far, because I know we like we skimmed over this hugely when we kind of talked a little bit about our DEI piece and you were talking specifically about culturally relevant puzzles. Let's talk a little bit about culturally relevant dolls and the clothes those dolls have. Yeah. So there should be dolls in various skin shades. Um, They should not all be alabaster white. They should not all be ebony black. There should be a wide range of different skin tones with yellow undertones and peach undertones and blue undertones. Do not just have the peach undertoned alabaster skinned baby doll because there are human beings on the planet in a wide variety of colors and those should be represented in your dolls and they can be rotated between classrooms you don't have to have every classroom have 18 dolls so that you're reflecting different hair textures and different skin color but we can rotate them about once a month from one classroom to the next um the clothing they should wear um should reflect different cultures that your kids are likely to come in contact with, which means that maybe you have some clothing that has West African prints on them, because in West Africa, there's a lot of bold color clashing um, geometric patterns that are traditional clothing and that are worn even, you know, in modern clothing in those communities. Um, But you don't want to have something that came out of a 1950s book about children around the world with rice paper hats for China and things like that, because that's not what is currently being worn in those communities. So if you want to have diverse, ethnically diverse clothing, it needs to be based on what is currently being worn in those communities not what was worn in the 1930s, which is what was in those 1950s books because they were 20 years old. Um, Okay, so, so, I mean, to me, this is an awesome opportunity. And again, if you're a director who you're not really sure what this means, you're not really sure how to go about it, I'm going to tell you my secret, which is ask the parents (laughs) and then take it a step further and ask the parents if they know where to find that clothing. Do they have somebody who maybe would make that? Maybe they make them. Maybe they have a grandparent that might um, make 
several of those kinds of outfits uh, for your dolls um, that have, again, from a skill building standpoint, those skills the kids need to know. It is not every baby needs to be in a onesie and a diaper. <laughs> no. Um, and, you know, we there buttons, zippers, you can have all of those in, you know, in the best quality program, there are baby doll clothes with buttons and zippers and snaps as well as Velcro, right? Because it's skill building and that's part of what we've got there. And when we talk about the Barbie dolls or the action figures, these are um, activity dolls. They're not skill building dolls. They are for role play. So without a doubt, you know, a Barbie doll or a Batman doll or whatever is designed to help the child imagine uh, something that they haven't lived. So the baby dolls are for real life and the action play dolls are for imaginative life. Does that, is that, did I clarify that well enough? I don't know. I think so. I think so. So, but I think that you have to remember, well, let's go to the next part of all of this, which is the blue and the pink, the boy, Uh. the girl, right? So you have a little boy who is 18 months who wants to carry around the brown boy doll all day. You have parents who start to be concerned. Uh As a director, what do you do? What do you say? How do you help the parents get past whatever made up fears they've got going on in their head? Let's be honest. (laughs) We've all had that parent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think a part of it is, are you sending um, articles or short videos of you talking out to the parents on an ongoing basis about what is the role? What do these dolls do? Um, What is the purpose of role playing? What is the purpose? You know, why do children uh, play with things that they're not familiar with? So why might a, a boy child want to play with markers on their fingernails to make them look like nail polish? Like, what are the reasons that these things happen? If you're not educating the parents before it happens, yeah, you're going to get parents who are like, okay, (laughs) but it is appropriate for little girls to try on things that are identified in their head with their dad or their uncle or, you know, guys in general, so that they can try to figure out what's happening with that guy. And the same thing for our boy children to try out things that have to do with their mom or their aunt or the ladies in general. And they're just trying to figure out what is it? (laughs) What, why would somebody want to have pink on their fingernails or red on their fingernails or blue on their fingernails? They've seen it. They want to feel it because they are concrete thinkers. They need to touch it, feel it, live it in order to completely understand it. So we need to talk about that ahead of time so that the parents aren't freaking out. And this has the added advantage of setting you up as the expert, especially if you do those little, you know, couple minute videos and you send one out once a week and you can record, you know, maybe you don't do every classroom once a week um, the first year, you're recording them and then you'll be able to use them again, keep them on a hard drive and you can use them again. And that way next year, you'll be able to send it out twice a week. (laughs) Um, And then the third year, three times a week, but sending out those little videos, or if you don't feel comfortable on camera, 
which I get it. A lot of us don't. You could send out articles that you find from reputable magazines or that you write yourself and send those out once a week. And again, an article can be as little as 500 words. It does not have to be an essay that you wrote in high school, right? (laughs) It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be formal. It can be in your voice. You can have those really short uh, paragraphs that we're used to from email. It's all fine. You're just letting them know that you know why this happens so that they're less likely to freak out. I mean, okay. So right now, this is an awesome opportunity. Every child care program, in my opinion, across the globe needs to be jumping on the Barbie bandwagon because why? Because it's in the media, right? Everybody is all over it, but I haven't really seen that many newspapers, TikToks, or even, you know, news episodes where they have childcare experts come in and talk about the opening scene. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to really spoil it a whole lot, but the opening scene of the movie is about some five or six-year-olds playing with those life skill dolls. And, you know, it's catching a lot of backlash. Well, let's talk about whether or not that was actually developmentally appropriate, right? Like those, not that those girls may not have had dolls that age, but if you think about what Carrie just talked about, Carrie just talked about, those are really the two and under dolls, right? Maybe three, okay? And in the movie, there's, you can have them older, right? Like they can do other things. But, you know, if you think about the age of the girls that were probably being depicted um, at the early part of the movie, they were probably older, but yet we never really see or even hear about girls that are the right age, really, or the target age to play with Barbie. In the movie itself, you see some kids that are probably four or five, and then you see middle school girls talking about, oh, I haven't played with that doll since I was five. You see a mom who kind of reconnects um, with the childhood doll because she remembered playing with the Barbie doll with her daughter in an imaginative role. So there is a lot of opportunities for child care centers right now to be the experts in their community, to do those op-eds, to do those, you know, morning today show kind of conversations about let's get more of these, all of these dolls, not just the Barbies, not just the Kens, not just the Allens, not just the the life-looking baby dolls, you know, the role they all play. So I'm hoping that you listen to what Carrie just said and you take it a step further and not only share it with your parents, but share it with your community. Here's a great opportunity to be an expert and to follow. We often try to talk about, oh, if there's something relevant going on in your community, it's a great time to do a press release. Well, you know what? Right now, this is a global press release. Like whoever jumps on this first really can have an opportunity in their community or even statewide to go pretty far with this. Yeah, I think, you know, the purpose for action play dolls, action figures, Barbie dolls, Ken's, whatever, is for- I mean, I have to be honest, I was a a, um, $6 million man and a bionic woman. (laughs) Like I had two Barbie dolls and then I had these guys. So to me, it was always action figure based. Yeah, because I mean, so- the developmental purpose of those kinds of dolls is to imagine yourself as an adult. So as an adult, 
what would you do? The baby dolls are to teach caregiving skills, which is something you need as an adult. But in today's world, I'm hoping that, you know, children see themselves as able to do more than just caretakers, um, male and female. And so what do they want to see themselves as, as adults? Do they want to see themselves as superheroes? Do they want to see themselves as Jane Goodall? Because there was a Barbie that was a Jane Goodall Barbie. Do they want to see themselves as in the military? So they use the GI Joes. Do they want to see themselves as able to transform? The Transformers were a huge thing um, when I was in high school, I think. Uh, (laughs) But the ability to change and manipulate yourself So all of those things are about helping the child imagine themselves in the future because people are always asking kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And if they can't see it and they can't play it, then they can't imagine being it. So, you know, one of the ways we let them do that is having different career outfits in dramatic play. That is actually, you're reading my mind because I was actually going to go, okay, so we've talked to the dolls, um, the boys, the girls, the pink. Hopefully, uh, for those who are listening, you know how to talk to your parents about why traditionally male careers or traditionally female careers need to be in your dress up, why you need to have those same kinds of clothing uh, for your action figure dolls, you know, why that's okay and why and how to talk to the parents about that. So if you don't and you need help, reach out to us, reach out to Carrie at texasdirector.org and go, Carrie, I need help on the boy girl clothes thing. Okay. Cause we can definitely help you with the blue and the pink. Um, but just as we kind of wrap it up, I'd love to wrap it up with that next step, which is that imaginative play taken one step further, which you were starting to go to. And I'm like, wait, wait, I'm not there yet. Is the role play and the dramatic play, um, which- And the guest visitors, the guest visitors also. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of that. How are some, what are some great resources? I know I have my own opinion because I always believe in the real stuff. So if you've got um, a nurse or a doctor on staff, get real, or parent, get real scrubs. Um, Even if they're a little big, get a real stethoscope. Chances are they've got a lot of real ones that are old, um, not the play ones. And and same with if you've got a grocery store piece, get the empty real oatmeal box, get the empty containers uh, that are the real containers. You don't need to spend the money on the fake plastic ones. Just, okay, that's my two cents. (laughs) Your dramatic play center should change throughout the year. Um, It should not be hi, it's a kitchen and it's a kitchen forever. Yes, the kitchen is the most common. Yes, we need to come back to the kitchen on a regular basis because it's the thing the kids are the most familiar with. But it's best if we can rotate it out like two weeks kitchen, two weeks something else. You can go back to kitchen uh, for another two weeks and then something else. So it might be the veterinary office. It might be... um, the pizza joint, it might be the grocery store, it might be a hospital, especially if you've got kids in your program who are having medical issues or parents who are having medical issues, a farm. Um, One of my favorite dramatic plays ever is setting it up as a barn um, because kids don't have an experience of that, but they've heard about it a lot because old McDonald's had a farm. Um, And so 
setting up a barn so that they can play farm because they don't get to experience it a lot. Um, what are the other things that they have heard about, but they may not have seen that we can set up our dramatic play in? And if you are like, yeah, that is an awful lot of work. <laughs> I don't know that I can completely transform my dramatic play center into a barn. You do have the other action play option of setting up a tabletop barn and having your action play figures be the participants in the barn. So you can have your Barbies, your GI Joes, your Batmans in the barn and play that way if you can't <laughs> set up your entire dramatic play. Because both types of dramatic play are dramatic play, whether they're in the role or whether they're using stand-ins with the action figures. So great feedback, Carrie. And again, if you guys are having questions about what do we mean by the real stuff, again, if you're doing farm or barns, get some cowboy boots, you know, get some overalls. And again, the one beautiful thing about cowboy boots and overalls and cowboy hats is, you know what? I am sure you've got lots of families who have them. We are in Texas and they don't necessarily need to be male or female, right? Um, and they can be adult size, or you can just get big sister, big brother size, right? So it can be just a little bit bigger, uh, but it doesn't need to be, I mean, I just, I, I, I can't stand the plastic nylon costume version because first of all, those are hard to wash. And, and they don't last. That was going to be my next thing. They just don't last and they aren't real. I mean, you know, get them those, you know, the real doctor things. And from a kitchen standpoint, I, again, get the kids cooking if you aren't really sure about, you know, Montessori or that's something that you've heard, but you don't really understand the concept. This is a great place to introduce that to you and to your staff and to your parents, which is all of the things that go into cleaning and cooking and finding them at usable sizes. <laughs> so in other words, they do make a whisk that is designed for a two to five-year-old um, that actually functions, that does what a whisk would do into a bowl and have them actually whisking water, putting some things together. It's a great time for science, a little water, a little oil, see if it separates. Anyway, I could stand here all day and talk about how you can make all your different centers relate. Yeah, it's it's not as hard as it might at first seem. Try doing it one time. Um, one of my favorite things for the farm is to get a bale of hay. Um, the kids love it. And when you're done, you can put it in the, you know, outside in the garden and use it as mulch. <laughs> so it won't go to waste. It costs like $14 and has a huge amount of play value <laughs> um, when it comes to other, you know, I, obviously this is a topic that Kate and I need to do a podcast on because we're <laughs> not keeping this to our normal, like tight 20, but I want you to re if you had a no Barbie policy at your school, this is your invitation to rethink that and to actually learn about why action play dolls are important developmentally and to maybe invest in or more cost-effective talk to your parents about if there are action figures or um, action play dolls at their house that they would like to exit their house. <laughs> um, get a little collection of about 10 of those dolls and invest in clothing. Don't invest in the dolls. The parents will give you the dolls. Invest in clothing, 
or the action play dolls. And I think you'll have a much more um, interesting <laughs> um, dramatic play. And from an action play doll resource, don't forget to Pinterest. Don't forget to Etsy. Don't forget to ask the parents and grandparents. Um, and they still make tons and tons and tons of sew sewing um patterns for all of the different size dolls they they go by height so like a 12 inch doll or 14 inch doll male female and go have some fun with scraps and fabrics uh, again you don't know what parents like to sew you don't know what staff like to sew um you never know you might have somebody very much like my mother who just loved uh sewing um Barbie clothes for before I was born. So before I was born, um, my half sister got all kinds of custom Barbie clothes. Uh, so, you know, find out what your kids have interest in. You don't need to buy astronaut Barbie. You don't need to buy businesswoman Barbie, Dr. Barbie, uh, any of those kinds of things. Same with the Ken pieces uh, or GI Joe pieces you can make those clothes or have somebody make them for you. Yeah. I was going to say, you can have someone make them. <laughs> <laughs> well, trying not to, you know, we might have some folks that are looking for a new hobby and they're looking for a way to um, make their hobby make sense to the rest of their world. And so if you like to sew and you're like, I just don't ever have time to sew, or maybe I don't have the skills and I want to practice um, all, well, my three oldest kids, actually all four of my kids learn to make, um, they were beanie baby clothes, but they all learned to make tiny clothes um, as some of their practice sewing skills. So I just had another thought, which is this is a great thing to do in your school age program. <laughs> Bring in a sewing machine and you don't have the instructor in that classroom doesn't have to know much about sewing. They need to know how to thread the needle, how to thread the bobbin, how to run a straight stitch but they can let the kids explore and you can definitely get fabric scraps donated to your program. I've got a box in my living room right now. If you want them, just message me. <laughs> I will bring them to you. Um, we've been cleaning out some storage of my father-in-laws and there's a lot of fabric scraps that I could be donating to someone. Um, <laughs> but you I know what? That's, that's also that makes up a good point. So fabric glue does still exist and there's no reason why even your five-year-olds um, with some of the simple patterns, I mean, we've all seen the women in a caftan, you know, even Carrie's cute little dress that she has on right now. I mean, that's a really easy uh, glue pattern, you know, glue at the top, glue on the sides and boom, they have a little felt dress because um, then you don't really have to worry, not worry about the seams. So there are definitely lots of options for your action play dolls. Um, for the kids to even get involved, you know, 3D paper dolls, that's what they were for. So hopefully we've helped you a little bit about how to embrace and get excited about something that's not, uh, that something that's in the news that's not COVID, uh, that as child care centers, we can be the expert on. And if you want us to do more blue and pink episodes or you need content for your newsletter, let us know. I know somebody who'd be happy to write those articles. I'm sure she's not really like liking being called out on that, but we can have her do that. <laughs> and we hope that you guys uh, join us next week. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Go on to your favorite podcast player app and write a review. Um, and if you want more articles to share with your parents, a really easy way to get those 
is to actually go online and buy our 98 Things Your Child Care Teacher Wants You to Know book that we wrote in conjunction with several of our directors. It's available on Amazon. It'll soon be available at other retailers. Um, it's a really fun, easy book, and there's some great articles you can Xerox and send out. There is not one on this topic, but yes, I guess I probably will be writing one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not on our newsletter list, go look and get on our newsletter list. It'll probably be on our blog, might even be on our LinkedIn page. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at texasdirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.